Hello, everybody. Welcome to our weekly baseball show. Andrew Destin here with Jason Mackey coming off of a seventh loss in a row for the Pirates, but something bigger at stake there in that game, right? Henry Davis getting his MLB debut. Um, Jason, just want to get into uh, with you here uh, about this uh, about this news, right? Former number one overall pick getting promoted, catching prospects and Pirates put him in right field. Sounds like that's the plan here moving forward. Um, what do you make of the, this plan? What's what's kind of the vibe around um, what you're you're gathering from what the Pirates are looking to do here, and let's just get into it. What what are you thinking about Henry getting the call up yeah. after what ten days in AAA? <laughs> yeah, they were a productive ten days, right? <laughs> a little bit. So I feel like there's two ways of looking at this. One, it looks wonky and disjointed. Like you have the number one overall pick, a kid who's a catcher who could conceivably be your catcher of the future, who didn't get up the AAA very much, gets up there for ten days. And you say, well, he's going to be our right fielder. Like, that doesn't make any sense. At the same time, I look at this in a way that it actually does make sense because you look at the Pirates' offense, and we're going to talk more about this, Andrew, and it stinks right now. And he's been their best hitter in the minor leagues. So you're saying, well, we're you know, take everything else out of it. Take prospect status, positions, whatever. Like, we're not hitting the ball, and so we're going to call up our best hitting prospect from the minor leagues and try to help us hit the ball. And really, it's no, it's, it's no more complicated than that, right? Like, they need offensive help. Henry Davis represents offensive help. And so you basically say, we'll figure out the, the position stuff. We'll figure out the developmental stuff. He hasn't been, you know, elite at catcher to a point where, like, I'm not going to think about moving him. So we're going to take your bat. We're going to put it in the lineup. We're going to hope you do something, and we can do enough in right field. That's the way I look at it. I do think there's a bigger conversation surrounding this team right now. And, you know, can they get enough offensive help? Are they truly in trouble? Like what, what happens here? Um, but that's all stuff we'll get into. What, what did you make of it? I think not to, you know, not to be like, Oh, this isn't that groundbreaking. But my first thought when I saw him one getting the extra reps in right field uh, in Altoona, and then that progressed, you know, continuing Indy and now here with the debut yesterday, my thought immediately went to Kyle Schwarber with the Cubs, right? Yep. Like when he got when he got called up, it was like, okay, yeah, he was this catching prospect, and everyone was fascinated because what if he's a catcher that can hit forty home runs a year? And we know how that worked out. Schwarber made himself into a pretty consistent big leaguer, but it's not as a catcher. Now that's not me yep. to plant the seed that oh, you know, Henry Davis will never be a catcher. But the there was this urge with the Cubs then to get a bat into the lineup. The Pirates are doing that here with Davis at a time where it feels like. Yeah, I mean, now you're three games below 500. You are, what, a week ago you were sitting at first place in the NL Central in a pretty weak NL Central this year. I don't interpret it as being that big of a deal. And more so, yeah, the bat is big league ready. Maybe the defense behind the plate isn't. But if one component of your game is ready, and that's kind of something that's lacking with the Pirates, it's like, hey, get them up here. So I, I got no problem with it, and I don't view it as a problem, really. No, I, you have a lot of people who are like screaming that say Henry Davis is the best catcher in this organization. Henry Davis is the, the future catcher. Henry Davis is this or that. How many times have you watched him play? Like th this is the argument that I would make to people. And I did on this very show. Like I watched him with my own two eyes, which I mostly trust. I also like going to outside people who I think know a lot about the position I think people watching this are also aware that I host a po podcast with Michael McHenry called Pitching In. Michael McHenry is somebody I talk baseball with a lot. And I think somebody who's very bright about catching. And I've asked, like, Fort, what do you, what do you think compared to what I, what am I seeing? And, like, his opinions are the same as mine. Like, they're still raw defensively. And, I mean, Henry and 
Andy Rodriguez. It's what I said earlier. He's not elite at the position to the point where you can't consider moving him off. And it's just like Schwarber you're talking about. You want the bat. You need the bat. We're going to take the bat and we'll figure out the catching stuff later. They're going to they're going to work with him up here and try to develop that. Cool. If that works out, then you've got great value at that position. But there's no guarantee it's going to work out. The Pirates can either do what they're doing now or they can bury him in AAA and say, we're going to work on his defense. And then everybody's going to be angry about that and say, oh, you're manipulating his service time and Super 2 and this and that. And, and, you know, like they're they're screwed either way. The Pirates can't win here. And, And that's not a defense of the Pirates, but it's to say, yes, the right move is to bring him up here and leverage what he can do. And you try to figure out the rest later. Yeah, no, 100%. And it's I, I think it just kind of goes to the point of, you know, when there's two separate timelines like that, it makes things really tricky. And to try and balance that and say, okay, you're kind of doing a disservice to the guy and really to the team at large if you say, yeah, we'll, we'll keep sitting him down in AAA, keep working on the defense. The bat is big league ready, which, you know, arguably is the harder component to develop or arguably is, you know, the more gifted tool, whatever, however you want to phrase it. You know, that, that's something special that Henry has, specifically it's, if it's behind the plate. Even if it's not projectable, I mean, you look at it, the guy can be a big league bat pretty much anywhere in the lineup. You know, he's a guy that, you know, we haven't even ruled out, hey, this guy could be a first baseman for a long time. We're saying the same thing about Andy, uh, what he's doing in Indianapolis. So, to me, I, I think it's kind of a moot point, and uh, I think you're hitting all, all of it there, man. So, it's uh, – but, man, this offense needs help, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. You know what else needs help? What is over your left shoulder? Uh, this right. What do we got going on there? Uh, that's Turn Blue, the Black Keys. Uh, that's an album that that's my favorite album. Oh, of all okay, time. okay, okay. Yeah. All right. And then right below it is the 2019 spring training pennant I got. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's, that's when I went to six spring training games in three days with my dad. That was a fun time. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay, the Black Keys thing I did not catch right away. I thought you, like, unfolded a handkerchief and threw it on your wall and decided to call that, like, wall art or no, something. No, album cover, I was like, whenever that came out, 2011, I think, so it would have been 12 years yeah. old, and they give you, like, you know, the foldable album covers inside the CD, and yeah, I've hung that one up for a while, but, yeah, okay. good, good eyes, right. Jason. I will never knock the Black Keys. I, lo- I love the Black Keys as well, so. Favorite band ever. Favorite band ever for me, yeah. Really? They're my, yeah, they're my favorite all time, yeah. All right. All yeah. right, I want I want you to give me a Black Keys crash course then. Oh, maybe uh, you're not going to be at the park tonight, but the next time we're together, I want I want Black Keys tips. Always always about sharing the love of the Akron, Ohio band. You know that's right. So we, we love we love Ohio, and, <laughs> and Dan Auerbach is the main Black Keys guy, right? Yeah, and I'm Patrick not, Carney not, on drums. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I know Auerbach is also a big John Prine guy. Um, which links into my world a little bit more. So, yeah, yeah. Look at that I could derail us on music very much, especially this week where I, I was able to combine my two favorite things on this planet, the Grateful Dead and baseball. And I was very proud of that. So I didn't intend to take take this conversation there, but always, oh. always big in favor of the music stuff. You had to. That was a peak moment in Post-Gazette baseball coverage. I, it really I get was. Like one. <laughs> yeah. So... A true story. A couple of years ago, um, there was Jacob Stallings and Nick Turley on uh, the Pirates team. You you might know this. Pirates fans probably are well aware of it. And so they look identical, identical. And I'm like, I wonder if I can do a story on Jacob Stallings and Fakeup Stallings. 
and we were calling them fake them. And I'm like, all right, I'm going for this. I'm going to see if I can do it. And it reminded me of that. We're like, I'm seeing these Grateful Dead shirts in, Pir- in, in the locker of Pirates relievers. And like, what the heck is going? There's a story here. I need to find this story. And so I did. And it turned out really fun. And I was proud of that. But yes, that, that this YouTube show isn't about my Grateful Dead story. But that, that was a lot of fun. So, okay, let me, let me throw the ball back to you and get us back on track okay. a little it. bit, Andrew. So we've got Henry Davis up. The offense still ain't scoring runs. What do they do? What are they gonna do? Uh, give, <laughs> give, give O'Neill Cruz a magical injection to get him back in the field tomorrow. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. It's and and I hate saying this because it feels redundant on my part. But in April, when he went down, right, they weathered the storm for a little bit without Cruz, and it was like, oh, maybe this is sustainable. They'll be able to get by without him. I don't want to call it law of averages, but it felt like inevitable over time that you take a bat like that out of your lineup, especially a left-handed hitting bat. It's like, it, it just feels like every day, day in and day out, you know, guys like Reynolds are doing their part. McCutcheon's doing his part at the top of the lineup. Santana's kind of got hot a little bit in that Milwaukee series, but you need just another bat. It's like we hear Shelton talk about getting that big hit, which, you know, that's maybe a little cliche, but there's truth to it of like, you just need one more big bopper in the lineup. And, they're really missing that presence right now. Marcano is holding it over for a little bit with what he was doing. He's cooled a little bit. Um, Swinski's in a little bit of a funk now, which we know how hot and cold he can be. I don't know, man. I, I just go back to O'Neill Cruz. That's where I stand is just when you don't have that bat in the lineup, it becomes more and more apparent day in and day out. As more time goes by, we're seeing this lineup kind of reflect that. So I don't. I do not have an answer. I, I wish I could open up a, a bag of magic beans and say, here, grow them and You'll have a magic tree. I, I got nothing. I, I really don't know what you do with this offense. The Sawinski stuff is baffling. And I have a greater point here, but you, you talking about Jack being on a, a skid sort of triggered something. for. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a player more streaky. Yeah. Like he was, oh my goodness, top of the world. I just looked this up, 924 OPS um, heading into Chicago. After that game, and he's gone over, over it was 924 in the middle of that series, excuse me. And has gone 0 for 15 in the past six games, down to 864. Um, you know, average went from 253, 233, whatever. Um, just like nothing, nothing. We're talking about Jack Sawinski being like a top 10 in in Major League Baseball hitter, and forget about it. And I think that feeds into a, a greater problem with this team, Andrew. That there's just too much inconsistency, especially on the offensive end. Um, Tucapita Marcano has looked good at various times and has then just disappeared. Rodolfo Castro has looked good at various times and has then just disappeared. Um, you'd probably like more offense from Brian Reynolds. Like there's been, you know, some, some hits and some consistency, but I don't think the power has been there that you sort of expected. He, Brian Hayes looked tremendous on this last homestand and really hasn't done anything since, at, at least in terms of like, you know, driving the ball to the gaps and driving in runs and whatever. Um, you know, and so you, you go around the Connor Joe was tremendous in April and really hasn't done anything since. And I, I, I'll leave the catching situation to to a, a, another time or whatever. You know, G1 Bay has been been great and not good at all in various times. Like it's just the variance in the performance is really striking. And I think you sort of expect that from a young team. But I think the Pirates also I would I would be willing to bet expected to get a little bit more consistent production, especially adding some veterans 
Um, I think Carlos Santana, by and large, has been a little below what they thought they were going to get for that money. Um, it's been disappointing to not get anything from G-Man Choi. I, I certainly don't think they expected that. But it, it's, just, it's a bad combination of veterans that haven't quite lived up to what you would want and also younger guys who are experiencing extreme, you know, droughts and then like a little spurt of production and then droughts and then a spurt of production. You'd like that to level out a little bit. Yeah. And it's all coming in culmination with what a, a rotation that has become really banged up inconsistent at times and yeah. now turning to, you know, mixed bag of parts. I mean, Beto looked solid yesterday, but like, you know, no offense to Oswaldo Beto, but like shouldn't be up here right now in theory, right? You, you'd have guys ahead of you that you're thinking, okay, beginning of the year in April, you're set, you've got this rotation. Instead, you're turning down toward AAA, seeing the guys that you can turn to there. And then the, the, the lineup, like you mentioned, it's just across the board, guys who are inconsistent. And it feels like a lot of problems. And I, I think I made this point a couple of weeks ago on the pod that it feels like a lot of problems coming together at the same time. And yeah. that's a bad recipe, right? <laughs> it's, uh, it's not good when your hitting's not consistent. And the pitching depth is, uh, you know, it's injured, it's inconsistent, it's a bullpen is a shell of what it was at the beginning of the year, or let alone two weeks ago with no Colin Holderman. It's like, it just feels across the board like this is a really difficult spot. And I don't know how you get out of this. I don't know how you write the ship. I don't point. either. I really don't. I really don't, Andrew. And I, I'm sure you're in the same boat as me. Like, you get asked for answers a lot and what's going to happen. I don't know if I have any great, <laughs> I don't have any great solution. Uh, the pitching depth is basically thinned out. Like if they have, they have another injury and need to make another call to Indianapolis, you can call Quinn Priester. There's no guarantee it's going to be elite. I think it's going to be very good. Like I think Priester is going to get up here eventually, but I mean, you're basically counting on a kid who's not had a full season yet at AAA to come up here and dominate. Like that's a little bit of an ask and he's been still inconsistent in AAA, but beyond Priester, who do you have? You know, you're going to what? Hope that Jared Jones fast tracks it. Salamito just got the double A. I'm not sure that's a realistic expectation. Kyle Nicholas, I don't think is going to blow anybody's socks off. I think eventually he'll get there, but it's just, it's, it's tough to see where it goes from here. Now that's not to say, I don't think the Pirates should try, you know, I look at guys in AAA and if, if they're not getting it done at the major league level, why don't they bring up Nick Gonzalez or Andy Rodriguez or Jared Triolo or whomever, you know, give anybody a chance. But I just think that, and, and look, we can step back, and this is probably something that a lot of people thought this season was going to look like. They're going to show some promise. They're going to tease. I would argue that they have. And then they're going to wear down, peter out, because of their lack of depth, which I think is we're seeing that happen. They're just not deep enough to weather injuries, poor performance, all that stuff you incur over the course of a baseball season. And, you know, I just – They've, they've actually used a relatively small number of starters and you're probably bound to have to dip into there more. And that just scares the crap out of me when I think about, you know, I don't, is Kent Emanuel going to be making starts? Like nothing against poor Kent Emanuel. It's just like that. That's not ideal for the major league club right now. Right. That's the situation. And it's, you know, you can look across the board, right? Is it the rotation? Are you going to a Kent Emanuel? Are you maybe hurrying Priester quicker than you'd like to, or, is it the guys in the lineup, you know, and, and all those guys, you mentioned a Triolo, a Gonzalez, all these guys, like there's a reason that they're still in AAA for different reasons, right? Like yeah. maybe, maybe with Triolo, the power hasn't quite gotten there where they want it to while the defense is there. Gonzalez, the swing and miss is maybe still a little bit too prevalent with him. 
Endy, I think it's like four extra base hits this month, something like that, all doubles, like across the board. Nobody, like guys, <laughs> I think this is something that I, I've learned. It's only my first year here, but like something I'm learning is that maybe there's not quite the grasp of like, why are guys still in AAA? It's not always just necessarily manipulate service time or Super 2 or whatever people want to throw out there. It's like, maybe guys just aren't quite ready yet. And that's why the Pirates are in this current predicament is that there's some players who are sitting there that, Yes, they're highly regarded prospects. Yes, they're guys they want to get up here, but maybe they're just not ready yet. And that's what makes yep. this time so that's difficult. That's not okay, though, Andrew. No, it's not. I'm learning. It's quite not here's, all right. Here's, here's where that stems from. And I made a mistake last night telling the fan base, whether not telling, but, you know, my, my tweet about Austin Hedges, like, you know, sort of directing people whether they should boo or not. People should boo and feel however they want. But this is my interpretation of how Pirates fans feel about prospects in AAA and just young guys in general. This is a fan base that is just so ready and yearning and, and dying for this team to just win and be good. And they want hope and, you know, they want guys to get here. And I understand that. I understand that. It, it, you know, these guys are fun players. They've got, I think a lot of Henry Davis. I think a lot of Andy Rodriguez. I think they're going to be very good. And I like what the pirates are doing, bringing Henry up. I hope Andy gets hot and they do the same thing with him. But sometimes you're right. Sometimes guys do need a little bit more. They do need some time. It is better to let them continue in their development. Like AAA exists for a reason. There are lessons to be learned. I think Quinn Priester is seeing it. I think Quinn Priester has become a markedly better pitcher in June than he was in April because of some of the crap that he went through. Like that's just natural. It's okay. But here it's like, all right, come on, let's go. Come on. We're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to go. It's like, you four-year-old looking to go to an amusement park. Like, I, I understand it. I understand it. But like, sometimes we just need to get, get some things in order. So anyway, um, I also love this fan base. And I think that they're, you know, the fact that they're still passionate over the pirates after all these years and all these heartbreaks um, just says everything you need to know about baseball fans here. But there's, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting dynamic with them wanting to see guys from, from AAA come up. Well, I'm more interested. It felt like you were tipping your hand at making a Kennywood trip, saying you need to take a four-year-old to the oh, no. park. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. No, sir. Uh, yeah, still on the bucket list for me. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it, I, I give credit where it's due. I mean, you had, what, 23,000 people come out last night for Henry. Yeah. Team wants to – team wants – or fans want the team to be good. They want to be there to support him. It's not – I'm with you. I don't think that's ever the question. It's more just a matter of – how do we balance this? What are, what, what are the expectations? What are realistic? And maybe that 28 month of April really, really tipped things in the, in the direction of giving people optimism. One of these days, Andrew, we need to have a discussion about other things about Pittsburgh that you don't understand. <laughs> it's a perfectly valid reason. Like I love hearing yeah. about people who are from not here and what they learn about Pittsburgh. It's, it's, it's funny. So not true, true story. I had, uh, I was... Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I've yet to go to Eaton Park yet, and uh, Alex Stump brought that up yesterday. So that's that's no! also on the bucket list. <laughs> all right, all right, we need to plan it because Patrick Kurish, the Pirates media guy, is in in the same boat. We had this conversation not long ago that he he is from Arizona and has never been to an Eaton Park. So uh, we boy, we need to fix that. We need to fix that. <laughs> that that and, sounds like a group tip trip right there. And Andrew, this is it's it's also right in your wheelhouse, like. People watching and listening to this need to understand how healthy Andrew eats, and he's the he will pack his own lunch PNC Park, and it is nothing but like fruit 
and vegetables and the, the healthiest thing, things imaginable. We live together in Florida. He goes to the grocery store and comes back with like just, just the most like food pyramid appropriate groceries one one person can buy and so we need to get you in front of the eaton park salad bar my man and you can do some damage you okay absolutely I, I just said that like a yinzer too so you can do some damage but i i can't wait we got to get yeah yeah we got to get you to eat okay <laughs> what else what what else about pittsburgh oh man you got me laughing good this is this is real good um i got told that this one might be I don't know if this is up your wheelhouse or not, but Noah Hiles brought up the New Brighton hot dog shop. I haven't been there yet. Is that something okay. you're familiar? Okay. It, I, I, yeah, enough. Okay. I don't know if I put that on my bucket, you know, my, my list of like Pittsburgh things that are weird that out of towners don't necessarily understand, but. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's, I've, I've done the Primanti's. I've done that correctly too, you know, doing the, doing whatever sandwiches I get, do the pastrami, not the burger. Like I, 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 I've enjoyed uh, Permanis. I, I had that okay. in State College, so that one I at least had some familiarity with. But I'm okay. trying to think other other Pittsburgh things. What about driving around here? Does uh, it make sense at all? Actually, yes to me. I I'm okay, okay. with it because uh, San Francisco does give me good practice with that of like driving in tight, kind of crazy cities and streets. So yeah, but they label things there. Yeah, that's true. Here, the only thing that messes with me is like the streets that run parallel to the river, like. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of like the, like route 28, that to me is still a fascinating thing where you get off like in the North shore and you're like, okay, here's seven different ways you can go. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's still very interesting yes. to me how that kind of, how that kind of winds. Um, yes. Driving's not horrible. Could, could be worse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just curious. Yeah. As somebody who's from here and, and I, I love this place with all of my heart, but it is a very unique place. Uh, we, we do a lot of things that don't make sense and that's okay. One of them is enunciate. We don't do that much. Uh, I think, I think I've done the Yinzer accent on here, but. Oh yeah. You got me into a fit. Of yeah, that's right. last time. That's right. <laughs> now I remember. All right. Should we go back to baseball talk? Let's go back to baseball talk. What do we got? Yeah, dude. What, what you got for me? You got any, got any questions? Uh, I think we've exhausted the stuff with the major league team, frankly. Um, I, I think we should probably get into some prospect stuff. Um, we've had a few promotions that I think are notable, and I think Pirates fans should probably understand. One of them involves a guy you're going out to see today, uh, Anthony Salamedo. So I've seen Solo pitch a little bit. We've both talked to him. Um, I like him a lot. Talking about a funky lefty who throws 95 um, with a lot of deception and whatever. So you're going out to see him today. What's your angle? What do you what do you what do you want to know about Solo and where's he at right now? I'm curious on a, a number of different things. I always I feel like I go into these kind of things where I'm talking to prospects and I have like five different things I'm curious about. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, uh, I'm I'm curious to see like how is the development going with the repertoire because the last time we talked he had just he had mentioned how the changeup was something that he had gone away from for a while and then slider was becoming his number one strike pitch. Last we had chatted, he'd only used the changeup in three starts, and it was helping him. Curious how much that's playing into things now. Um, I want to ask him about the development of the delivery. Last we chatted, he was there was two huge adjustments he was working on, and where his arm slot was, as well as keeping his back heel toed to the rubber before he was you know launching off to deliver. I'm curious how that development's kind of going, and I'm also just curious in general, like away from the mechanics, like and you know the baseball specifics, like how's he feeling about getting 
move this quickly and kind of succeeding. Yep. Like he has not really struggled at any juncture in his time in the Pirates Oregon. It's what he's 20 years old, you know, a little bit over a year and a half of experience with last year. I think it was in Bradenton. And then this year, Greensboro and Altoona, like, how do you grasp that? Cause everybody keeps talking about, I know Ben Charrington's talked about his maturity. John Baker said something similar a little bit over a month ago. Like, you know, just kind of curious to see like, where's his head at? How do you kind of, kind of come to terms with this? How do you kind of keep it all together? So um, I, I, for the one time I talked with him, think really highly of him, think he's a really bright and mature kid and just kind of saying, Hey, you're in double A, you're two steps away from the show. Like how do, how do you come to terms with this at 20 years old? That's a lot on your plate. Yeah. I, I would be curious and not to tell you how to do your job, but no, please. like, I love his personality. It's so fun, man. Like it's such a baseball thing where, He's on the mound and he's a competitor and he's serious when he has to be. When he's not pitching, he's a character. He's a lot of fun. Like if you, I don't know if you've talked to him about about the Steelers yet, but that'll get some takes. Okay, he grew up a Steelers fan and has has an interesting view on that. Um, you know, he, Bubba Chandler, and Henry lived together for a period. I remember writing and talking about that. Um, which after seeing Henry yesterday and then seeing the way Solo and Bubba are, that had to be interesting. Um, cause Henry is like team serious all the time meets with the media yesterday. What was it? Four hours before first pitch. And it looked like he was walking to the plate for his first at bat. Like he, in, in the nicest way possible, because I like Henry. I like his family. It's not a criticism. Um, and I said the same thing to him, but you know, to them, like he was, he had, he, he wasn't there for the media stuff yesterday, man. Oh. He was focused on business. Um, totally understandable, but yeah, it's funny to me that like Solo, Bubba Chandler, and Henry Davis all lived together at one point. But yeah, I agree with you that with Solo being 20, you know, young guy for double A, but also has a maturity and frankly deserves to be there. And it's yeah. it pitched. I mean, it's not crazy to think that he can get the triple A this year. Yeah. If he keeps, I'm going to, I'm going to let him stay where he is um, and use that also as a, a point to transition to somebody else I want to talk about who could make that jump. But really, really impressive with Solomito. I'll be interested to see what you get from. Uh, the questions and the curious topics you were talking about, but Jared Jones, the last one I'll go with Andrew. Cause I think that's, you know, fairly newsy happened um, while the pirates were in Milwaukee, he gets promoted to triple a, not at all surprised by it. Um, I've been saying since the beginning of this, like if there's somebody that can get on the Luis Ortiz plan. And what am I, I mean by that is like jump several levels and get into the big leagues. Jared Jones is my pick, man, electric stuff for legitimate pitches. I don't see why it can't happen. He's tore up double A. We'll see how he adjusts to triple A. But, man, when you're throwing 100, two breaking balls, a changeup that you can actually use. I like his demeanor on the mound. He's got a nice edge to him. Uh, just curious how it plays in triple A for him. Yeah, especially you bring up that changeup. That's something that he was worked on at the beginning of the year and was, like, you know, not really throwing all that often. It was something that wasn't really part of the repertoire. Now it is. and. Um, this could have even been quicker if not for the back spasms that I think had him out for like three weeks, four weeks. Like he was grooving in double A and this could have even come quicker. So like Jared Jones is a fascinating guy. I mean, just in the sense of, Hey, former two way player, there's so much potential there just cause it's still a guy who's relatively new to being a pitcher only, right? Like this is somebody who has so much left in the tank and yeah, throwing a hundred that's, that's uh got to take that seriously. So I'm, I'm very curious. <laughs> Very curious to see how he does in Indy because there's a lot there and he's a fascinating prospect. Yeah. All right. That's a good debriefing, sir.
Yeah, pleasure as always, Jason. I uh, I guess that does it for us here, and I'm gonna hit the road and head to Altoona pretty soon. And in, uh, in our recap of Bucko's baseball, and that's all today for the YouTube channel. Be sure to hit the like button, like button, and stay updated with our latest content. If you haven't already, check out our subscription deal in the description. Six dollars, six months of access, plenty of sports news to keep up with. Don't want to miss it. It's a pleasure, man. Catch you next time. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you liked the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you enjoyed it on Apple Podcasts, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down in the description.